Asia and globally are facing the risk of spiraling debt and inflation triggered by emergency responses to the COVID-19 crisis. In this podcast, Indonesia Finance Minister Srimulani Indrawati discusses how these challenges could impact economic recovery and strategy for addressing them, including the role of international cooperation. The discussion draws upon her ADBI featured speaker webinar on Indonesia's G20 2022 host vision and priorities. Minister Srimilani, welcome to Asia's Developing Future. To start things off, can you please tell us what has been the biggest COVID-19 related challenge for Indonesia's economy? We see complication increasing inflation while the recovery is not yet strong or stable. This will complicate the policy choice for all country. How we are going to, on the one hand, continue support the recovery of the economy. On the other hand, make sure that the inflation will not create further pressure for the economy that can weaken purchasing power. How are you dealing with these pressures? For Indonesia, our response to the COVID is also reflected in our fiscal policy. We work together with the monetary authority for us to be able to create an effective and powerful counter-cyclical without creating unnecessary risk for our macroeconomic framework in the medium and long term. And we work together with central bank and financial sector authority and deposit insurance authority to make sure that stability of financial system will continue to be maintained or even strengthened during this very challenging time. Can you explain the direction of Indonesia's fiscal response? Indonesia, for the first time, have to eliminate the deficit cap of 3% of GDP. This is because during pandemic, revenue dropped by more than 16%, spending increased quite significantly. So we, for three years, 2020 until 2022, allowing Indonesia to have deficit more than 3%. In 2021, we have the deficit designed originally only 5.7%, increased to 6.3% of GDP. This is relatively modest if you compare with many other countries who do the very powerful counter-cyclical. That's why our country has also suffered increasing public debt. So Indonesia is very careful in using our fiscal power or fiscal tool. By 2023, Indonesia is going to be able to continue consolidate the fiscal without weakening the recovery of the economy. We will be able to return to below 3% level of GDP deficit. This is important for the credibility of our macro prudential policy. As an emerging country, we are all know that we need to find the right balance between using fiscal policy as a counter-cyclical and the stability of the macroeconomic and credibility of our policy. How are you allocating increased government spending? We protecting the most vulnerable household through the social protection. We expanded in two ways. That is, amount of beneficiaries been increased, and the number of recipients also expanded. We also support small medium enterprises. For large corporations, we provide a tax break during this very difficult time. When business is starting to recover, they start to pay their tax properly. Are you pushing any policy reforms to increase government revenue? 
we have another milestone of reform which is critical that is on taxation, harmonizing taxation law, including introducing carbon tax and carbon market. And we will also using local taxation for us to be able to strengthen our tax domestic resource mobilization. The practice of avoiding base erosion and profit shifting is going to be very critical. Currently, we are still discussing with the parliament how we can formulate a better government transfer to the local government and revenue sharing. This is, is going to be very critical to improve the spending side of our budget. How can countries in Asia and the Pacific and beyond work more closely together on tax policy? We should accelerate global agreement on digital taxation, which ensure a more stable and fairer international tax system. We just reached historic agreement by the G20 and OECD to create a more stable, fair international taxation system in which the G20 and all other countries agree on two pillars on the reallocation of profit of multilateral, multinational enterprises and global minimum tax rate. This is one of the very important milestones on the global taxation regime by creating a multilateralism in addressing the issue of avoiding tax in any jurisdiction and addressing the very difficult challenging taxation on a digital economy. This will create a solid starting point to formulate the way forward and Indonesia will continue addressing implementation of global taxation agreement. Is global economic policy coordination and cooperation becoming easier or more difficult than before? The global economic recovery is uneven. And it is also remains subject to downside risk, which is also growing and significant. A potential global slowdown and rising inflation due to supply shock, as well as future global risks that we must continue to manage and observe carefully. I think we are all recognized that the situation is much more complex. COVID, after one and a half year, we see some countries recover very strongly and then they suffer with a higher inflation. And COVID creating supply disruption, which is much deeper and much more complex than originally expected. For example, like the labor shortage and the shortage on the raw material due to the transportation, the export, which is disrupted by the availability of the container, which is not evenly distributed. So these are all become an issue which complicate the effort by all countries to recover and then hit by commodity price because of high demand, especially from the advanced country, which is already recovered, then country will face the complication for commodity like oil, gas, coal. They are going to have increasing pressure on cost supply, which eventually is going to increase inflation. To wrap up, how can countries better coordinate to address the common risk of inflation? 
I think communication is very important. As of now, at least the United States has communicated very clearly about their plan to taper. But it doesn't mean that the risk of tapering is going to be eliminated. It at least creating a much more predictable market reaction. So we will continue to face complexity of this recovery economy addressing the issue of inflation, which is for many emerging countries will be translated into capital outflow exchange rate pressure, then it's going to have another pressure for the recovery of the economy, which is still at a very fragile state. So what are the next steps? After communication and try to discuss more based on the evidence and data, multilateral institution, which is designed to do exactly this job, that is coordination and collaboration, which is going to be very critical in synchronizing the policy, addressing the issue of future risk. So the discussion as well as how we are going to be able to cooperate is going to be very critical. What bank, ADB, AIIB, and other institutions can coordinate and addressing the issue and addressing the weaknesses or capacity, especially in developing and emerging countries, to continue navigate and manage this recovery. This has been Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute. For more information about us, visit adbi.org.